0: I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer & Brill, a fantasy football podcast, and now a videocast as well. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Lipson, Radio.com, and wherever you get the podcast. And Now we're on Megaphone through the C-Suite Network. You can also see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerAndBrill.com. That's the easiest way. See it right there at the bottom of your screen kramerandbrill.com. During the offseason, each week we'll be taking a look at each NFL team as they prepare for the draft and the upcoming year. We'll do that with local reporters who cover those teams to get their perspective. This week, we're joined by Jim Berry, uh, main sports anchor of CBS4 in Miami, who covers the Dolphins. Jim, uh, thanks for joining us here.
1: Thank you for having me, and it's good to uh, reconnect with uh, Eric Kramer. I don't know if Eric remembers, but way back when, Uh, When he was a quarterback for the Chicago Bears, I covered him when I worked for CBS in Chicago. In fact, Eric, I thought of you because I was listening to some uh, sports talk guys from Chicago and Super Bowl Radio Row, and they were all crying the blues about, we haven't had a good quarterback in Chicago ever, ever. I mean, what what about McMahon? Well, you haven't, not McMahon. I said, well, wait a minute. Don't be sleeping on my man Eric Kramer, because as I recall, Eric, when I was up there, man, you had a heck of a year for the Bears. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you threw for like 30 touchdowns and a bunch of yards. Am I right about that?
2: You know, I think, Bob, now would be a great time to switch the focus of this uh, podcast <laughs> on to what Jim just brought up.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, we had a good season. Uh, 95 was pretty good, yep, offensively. Uh, Eric, yeah, still holds the, uh,
0: Chicago thanks for bringing Bears. that up, by the way. Uh, he, he still holds the Chicago Bears passing records, by the way.
1: Well, there you go, see? <laughs> so I'm going to have to hit up my guys in Chicago and say, man, don't be forgetting about uh, our boy, Eric.
0: There, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is, <laughs> I appreciate that. We, we, a couple <laughs> of years ago, uh, we were talking about when they drafted Trubisky. And yeah. uh, I asked Eric earlier in the season uh, if um, uh, he was going to, if Trubisky, since we're in a different era, this all passing era, and 3,000 yards is a, a goal, but now guys are passing for four and five. And mm-hmm. are you going to congratulate um, Mitch Trubisky, if he breaks and when he breaks your record, and he said something effective only if he sends me tickets to get there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I feel you on that, Eric. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the, tell us,
0: uh, this was kind of a, a good season for the Dolphins. I, you know, you didn't get to where you wanted to be, but only one team does. But uh, recap a little bit of the season for the Dolphins.
1: Listen, I thought it was a fantastic season for the Dolphins, quite honestly, because this was year two of the rebuild under Brian Flores. And quite honestly, we thought the Dolphins uh, at best would be a middle of the road team, you know, feisty, but building on six and 10 from the year before, which we thought was fantastic considering how they had started the year before. And what do you know? The Dolphins won 10 games. Dolphins went 10 and six. Uh, And if you remember during the middle of the season, they were the hottest thing going. They won five games in a row. Uh, and it came down to the last week of the season. And had they won, they would have made the playoffs. Unfortunately, they went to Buffalo and got uh, 56 hung on them by the Bills. But um, all in all, when you consider everything the Dolphins went through and the fact that they switched quarterbacks and went to a rookie quarterback, Tua Tungabailoa, kind of in midstream after the bye week to get him uh, some seasoning, uh, I thought the Dolphins uh, had a very encouraging season. So uh, I think the feeling here in Miami is that Uh, The future is bright.
2: I I like you, Jim. I, I, I go back to week one when they got just pummeled by New England. And I Mm -hmm. thought, shoot, after that game, where's Miami going? But New England's going to the Super Bowl. And that obviously (laughs) didn't turn out to be the case. Two teams actually flipped. And I thought Miami, I was so impressed with them, especially Brian Flores being such a uh, defensive mind and being a great defensive attitude to the Dolphins. Um, What do you see as potentially their next step or where this team can improve upon? Obviously, I think they've got a great defense now. In what other areas, either defensively or offensively, what can this team do to make that next step?
1: Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. Offensively, they've got to catch up to the defense. I mean, the defense is terrific. Xavier Howard, uh, the cornerback, Pro Bowl caliber at 10 interceptions, and he's really the star on that defense. But they've got a lot of really, really good players on defense. And I think they're only going to get better. The challenge is for the offense to pick it up. And, you know, the company line is that they're going to stick with Tua as their quarterback. But, of course, there have been all these rumors swirling that Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston, and it makes perfect sense for the Dolphins to trade for him. And if they were to uh, make that happen somehow, wow, I think people would look at the Dolphins and say, hey, man, they're there right now. They're not saying that publicly, Eric uh, and Bob, and I'm not sure that they will because they have – proclaimed already that they believe in Tua going forward. And so uh, let's take scenario one. If they stick with Tua, then they're going to go out and get some uh, targets for him to throw to. They're going to look his, his buddy, Devontae Smith from Alabama is going to be sitting there probably. And uh, he was so tantalizing and we saw what he did in the national championship game, but there's a bunch of other receivers, even if he's gone uh, that they could go after. They got to get speed on offense. That's the bottom line. Uh, they're, they're too slow on offense. They got receivers who, you know, run 15 yards, turn around and wait for the ball. And that's not the way that uh, offenses you know work today in, in today's NFL. So they got to get speed in offense. They got to get a more reliable, consistent running game. I think they recognize that. Uh, and defensively, look, they had uh, got a lot out of their pass rush this past year, but I wouldn't be surprised if they even look to bolster that even more because Brian Flores, as you mentioned, a defensive guy believes in getting a heat on the quarterback. And if he does, the Dolphins secondary, I think, can play with anybody. And so if you bolster that pass rush and, have quarterbacks putting the ball up for grabs more. I think the secondary is good enough to really take advantage.
0: You know, the cap space this year is so low compared to previous years. Do the dolphins have the cap space for somebody like Watson?
1: Oh, listen, they'll make room for him. Trust me. Um, I think uh the, the challenge would be not so much in the cap space, because I think if they were to pull off the trade now, year one, it wouldn't hurt him that badly. Um, the challenge would be how much would Houston want in return? And so if you get into a situation where Houston says, Hey, look, we'll give us Avian Howard and your two number ones and a number one next year. And we we'll give you Deshaun Watson. Then I think the Dolphins would go, eh, that's too much. So, um, but yeah, they've got the money uh, and the wherewithal and the space to make it work if they want.
2: Yeah. I was looking at two, uh, you know, over the course of the season, obviously you said the last game of the season didn't go well and it didn't, but, I thought all the way through, he, to me, showed a lot of progress, a lot of good decision-making, didn't have great numbers, but they didn't put a lot on him to put him in that position, so to speak. As a rookie, I think that was a good choice by them. Let the defense win some games for you, and it seemed like every single week it was somebody different offensively. A receiver here or there would come up and make a play when they had to. Gasecki turned out to be a great red zone threat. I'm wondering if, offensively, if they could – you know, what pieces are missing? Is it a blocking tight end? Is it a more consistent running back? You mentioned receiver early on. It's just maybe Devonte Smith or somebody else like him. You know, is there anybody that kind of names keep popping up as the, the one or two names that kind of stand out as whether it be free agency or via the draft and a nice addition or two for the, for the Dolphins?
1: There've been a couple. And uh, first let's go back to the University of Alabama. I mean, look, if you keep drafting Alabama guys for your team over the next several <laughs> years, you're going to be all right. Right. right, <laughs> uh, you right. Know, so Devontae Smith keeps coming up. And in fact, Smith was asked about that uh, at the senior bowl. He, he didn't work out there, but he was there just hanging out. And uh, he admitted that he and Tua, you know, have talked about the possibility of uh, hooking back up. Uh, there is some concern about him because he's kind of skinny, only 170 pounds. And so you wonder if he would hold up. But another guy uh, named that uh, pops up a lot is Jamar Chase from LSU. Uh, who's bigger and is fast. Now, uh, he opted out, so we haven't seen him in a while, but, uh, he, man, he's got all the physical tools. Uh, and then you go back uh, to that running back situation, and uh, the, the running back uh, from Alabama, man, his name is Casey, but the guy, uh, you know what I'm talking about, who Nigel jumped Harris? over the guy? Yeah. What's that? Najee Harris. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, man, uh, when folks saw that, they're like, ooh, the Dolphins did a guy like that. Right, or even maybe Sermon, right, from Ohio State. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Miles Gaskin uh, was a pleasant surprise for uh, the Dolphins at running back before he got hurt. And uh, because he was a seventh round pick last year out of Washington. And Mm -hmm. uh, next thing you know, he's starting, even though they had signed uh, Jordan Howard um, and uh, the guy from San Francisco uh, who didn't really uh, give him a lot. Yeah. Right. Matt Breeder. Right. Um, So um, I I think they they feel they need a big, solid, reliable running back to take more pressure off the Tua. Of. the one veteran uh receiving name guys that i hear uh, thrown about uh is alan robinson uh who you know has had some good years of course with the bears and um there's talk that you know he'll be looking for a uh, greener pastures and so he might be a good fit here so those are the names that i've been hearing so far and as for blocking tight end i think they're pretty happy with the tight ends they have right now because uh gasecki and durham Smythe. Uh, they've, uh, and there's another guy they brought him from Chicago that they've, uh, I think proved to be a, a pretty effective group so far.
0: How are they uh, looking in the free agent market? I mean, you guys got more than one pick in the first round, uh, you know, like uh, number three, number 18. I don't know if you, if you even have another pick in later in the, yeah. Round. they got
1: four picks in the, four picks. Uh, they got four of the first 50.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a definite trade uh, advantage there. Uh, have they been looking at the free agent market uh, as far as maybe a running back or, or s- some other uh, you know, situation?
1: Haven't said that yet, but um, my gut tells me that uh, they will want to, the Dolphins want to keep building through the draft because look, if you get guys, if you hit on guys in the draft, it doesn't cost you as much for a number of years, right? <laughs> Whereas you go out in free agency and spend right. big. And then all of a sudden, uh, that, like you said, that cap space dries up. And then as your younger players uh, become stars, you don't have the money to pay them. So um, I, I would suspect that they are thinking more about uh, filling their needs through the draft, especially with the skill positions. And I think, you know, that's kind of a discussion that some of us have had down here for the past couple of years. And so far, it looks like that's what the Dolphins are doing, that um, they wanted to solidify the trenches first. Uh, the D-line and the O-line, uh, they did that by and large, uh, and then they uh, want uh, skill positions next. And, um, you know, when you start uh, spending free agent money on skill positions, man, that money goes pretty quickly in free agency. So I got a feeling that they'll be looking more in the draft in that regard.
2: Yeah, I, I like, you know, I, the whole thing, obviously, the year before was uh, what teams were going to tank for Tua, right? And so <laughs> and obviously... Um, I think they made a great pick in getting him, but Mm -hmm. he also, I think, needs to take that step himself in terms of being a little bit more consistent in terms of anticipating throws and finding, you know, quickly the right guy to go to, whether it's man coverage or zone, being able to look off a defender if it's Mm zone and fit fit balls in, just Mm -hmm. really to keep drives going. They don't have to be great 50-yard bombs, even – seven, eight-yard throws that turn into second and twos can be great to keep the drive going. Um, What do you see, if anything, in terms of Tua and his advancement in this league as being necessary?
1: Well, first of all, I agree with you, Eric, 100% that the thing that impressed me most about Tua this year was up here. I I think that he's uh, very smart. He doesn't get rattled, and which, as you know, is very, very important, so he's not going to panic there. Um, I think physically... You know, he wasn't 100 percent coming back off of that major hip surgery. And he and he admits that uh, he wasn't satisfied with everything in his rookie year. He spent so much of the offseason just getting physically right. Uh, this year, I think, it will be different because he can spend the whole offseason just focused on football. And I think that's going to be a tremendous advantage for him. But um, I agree with you. You know, I think that you know, look, there are people here in, in Miami who looked at him and then they look at Justin Herbert, who was drafted right after him. Say wow! Did we get the right guy? <laughs> because you know Her- Herbert lit it up with the Chargers, um, but I I don't think that's a, a fair comparison. I, I see uh, I see some Steve Young in Tua. You know, mm-hmm. a guy who can move around. And Young was a-, a better runner, I think, than Tua. But Tua's not afraid to take off. Uh, right. But he's really smart. He throws a good football. He throws a catchable football. And right. uh, t- to your point, uh, he's got to learn how to throw guys open. Uh, and I think uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, was great in teaching him that and letting him see that. And I think, honestly, those games where Tua struggled, where he got benched, and then Fitzpatrick went in and lit it up, yeah. man, that was the best um, uh, Medicine. Right. way that he could learn, you know, because he could see, oh, wow, you know, he's th- it's the same team, he's throwing to the right. same receivers, and all of a sudden, you know, he's hitting them. So I think that uh, he will learn from that, and I think he will make great strides going forward. And I think Brian Flores believes that, too.
0: If Tua doesn't uh, start off um, real strong, is there a quarterback controversy down there?
1: Well, no, because I'm not convinced that Ryan Fitzpatrick will come back. You know, uh, he's made it clear that he, uh, you know, look, he got a taste of playing. Uh, He was honest that he uh, wasn't happy about being benched. And he sees that there's a little turnstile going around and quarterback around the league. So I'm thinking that Fitz is going to be going uh, will be elsewhere next year. Um, and and I don't think uh, you know, look the dynamic this year. You know, no preseason. to, a, you know, getting in to play. Uh, he was just grateful to play, honestly, and and he respected Fitz so much that there was no controversy. Next year, I think the dynamic will be a, would be a lot different if Fitzpatrick came back. So. That's a good question. You know, if it's he's gone and now you're really staking your future with Tua, you got to get another quarterback uh, and you got to get a younger guy. And maybe that younger guy would be more competition uh, in terms of taking the starting job and running with it if Tua uh, isn't the man. So um, that's going to be, to me, as interesting a decision as any that the Dolphins will have to make. What do they do with a uh, that roster spot at QB if Fitzy goes elsewhere? And they don't trade for Deshaun Watson.
2: I, I like the comparison you made there to Tua to, uh, and uh, Steve Young. because I think Steve Young played, I thought he was the best quarterback playing when I played. That's mostly through the nineties. And mm-hmm. I just, he was, uh, you know, he didn't start out, you know, you go back to his days with the LA express and even Tempe Buccaneers. He was not the Steve Young that ended up with the 49ers
1: mm-hmm.
2: watching from a guy like he did behind Joe Montana playing for Bill Walsh and, Obviously, two, I think, benefited from being both in and out of the lineup last year. And if he stays in the same system, obviously, Brian Flores has made, I think, a great foundation for that team moving forward. If he can stay in that system. And I think the comparison is well made that, you know, he reminds me of him, too. Accurate, not afraid to move around in the pocket, has some skills when he does move around. And uh, like you said, I think Steve Young wasn't built in the day. Two was not either but I think he's got room to grow and is moving in that direction.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then to your point, Eric, about the same system, uh, interesting decision the Dolphins made is that they, uh, Chan Gailey was the offensive coordinator uh, last year. Uh, He left, he retired or I guess he Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, re-retired and the Dolphins have not hired a new offensive coordinator. Instead, they're going to use two guys from uh, the staff last year, the tight ends coach and the running backs coach, George Godsey and Eric Studsville. So uh, that, I think, really is a further indication to me that for the moment, they plan to stick with Tua, keep him in that system, let him grow with these guys uh, who he's comfortable with.
2: You might know this. You might remember this. But from those days in Chicago, Eric Studentsville was on that staff of the Bears for a couple of those years. I think he came in as a – he's a mm-hmm. quality control. I know he helped out with the running backs here for a while. But he's mm-hmm. been around some places. And as a sharp guy, I believe. And I think, obviously, has been a great influence so far there in Miami.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they, they really seem to have a great chemistry here, uh, guys. And, and I think, uh, look, Brian Flores, he, uh, you talked about how he's inspired confidence. Uh, he has really, uh, the players have really bought in to him. And it's a tough balance to strike when you're a young coach, when uh, this is your first job as a head coach. And when you come from that Belichick tree, so you, you're like no nonsense, but you're also a coach who embraces the players. And, uh, you know, there was a, a point, a game this year, uh, the Cincinnati game, and uh, they, uh, Flores thought that they took a couple of cheap shots at Jakeem Grant, the punt returner. Uh, and, man, the second time that happened, he went out on the field and uh, coaches were having to hold him back dude, those guys would have run through 20 brick walls for Flores after that because it really uh, indicated to them that uh, he really cares. And, and, and his decision um, with Tua, he says, you know what, I, I, I treat him the way I treat my own sons. And, uh, you know, you just don't get a, uh, that kind of sincerity, I think, because there's so much pressure to win. Uh, and guys feel that, look, this guy wants to win. They know that and they've got to be committed to the process, but uh, he's committed to my success and he won't play favorites. Look, if I uh, prove it in practice day in and day out, I'm going to play. And that goes a long, long way. And uh, he's, he's done a great job in, in, in in building the right kind of uh, trust. I think. I got to think
0: your fan base down there is really excited for this coming season.
1: Do I think they're excited?
0: No, I I said, I got to think that they are.
1: Yeah, look, uh, uh the, look the quarterback thing is 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 a overarching thing. Look, you know, we've got the we've had this Dan Marino hangover for years <laughs> and years, you know? I mean, when you when you've seen that kind of dazzling show and then, you know, you've seen these guys come and go and come and go, uh and when they drafted Tua, man, people were like, "Yeah, we got somebody." All right. <laughs> uh and so now um Folks want to, folks want to believe it. Uh, I think the fact that the the team is was so much better so quickly, and this Deshaun Watson thing uh, pops up out of nowhere, now folks are thinking mm, maybe we should uh, you know change the game plan. Um, but as you guys know, the the Texans are saying, well, we're not going to trade him even if he wants out. Now whether or not that changes, who knows? And if the Dolphins get in the mix, uh, who knows even more? Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I think that whichever way it goes. Fans here feel that the Dolphins are heading in the right direction. They believe in the coach. They like the young talent. Uh, they love that the Dolphins have a defense. Just want to make sure we got the right quarterback.
2: Well, I think you're right. you got the right defense, and that's where, you know, that'll, that'll travel wherever you go, right? I mean, you got a defense that'll show up week in, week out. It's like, as they showed this year. I mean, they turned it around and came from really, I wouldn't say less than zero, but they didn't look good that first week. And then, bam! It just was on, and they they made they really could have beat the Chiefs, Mm -hmm. destroyed the Rams, and Mm -hmm. you know had some signature wins there that you can really build off of. And obviously, I think, like you mentioned, Brian Fuller has started a culture there that's going to be there quite a while.
1: Yeah, Uh, the the uh, the Arizona game too was exciting for him too. That uh, great exciting win at the end. I thought that was Tua's best game, or uh, that's when I saw okay you are on the road. You're down, I think, 10 in the fourth quarter. And this rookie comes in and, and, and plays and was fearless. I'm like, okay, you got something there. So uh, I think that they uh, recognize they, they got to build on that. But, you know, uh, you can't have the same kind of player, um, you know, and running back, Miles Gaskin, when he went down, Savon Ahmed, who, by the way, is another University of Washington product, basically the same, kind, basically the same running back, uh, Devontae Parker, Justin Williams, uh, there uh, are start two starting receivers, basically the same guy. So, you know, you, you get, you need guys who can stretch the field. I love Jakeem Grant, but he's about, you know, yay big. And, um, you know, he's, um, uh, look, there's only one cheetah out there. You know, Tyreek Hill is a, <laughs> is a breed apart. So I, I think the Dolphins recognize that, uh, you know, you've got to have a team with some speed that forces mistakes. Um, and that, uh, the speed is so respected that it opens things up for guys, you know, all across the football field. And so that I think is what uh, you're going to see the Miami Dolphins do. And and if they get that, look, the Dolphins are going to be a force to be reckoned with, but um, you know, look, uh, they got to keep up because the bills are going to be around. Uh, that's a good, solid, well-balanced football team. And uh, losing this year is just going just to make them hungrier. Uh, and you know the Patriots with Belichick, they'll probably they may retool quicker. and We don't know what's going to happen with the Jets, but uh, I think the Dolphins understand that. Um, you know, uh, you you, put, you talked about uh, Week One against New England. To me, uh, Buffalo uh, uh, beat them badly in Buffalo or beat them badly here, destroyed them uh, in the final game of the year. So I think the Dolphins understand. Look in the AFC East, that's the team we got. We got to be. Better than these guys if we want to get where we want to go.
0: Jim, I want to thank you very much. This has been fun and tremendously informative, and uh, been looking forward to it. And I'm glad you could join us.
1: Thank you for having me. Uh, good to see you guys. And uh, I think that you guys are in, out in the West Coast. I think the Super Bowl next year is in L.A. If I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh,
1: you know, um, I'm thinking if the Dolphins get this thing turned around, you know, we'll be out there in L.A. covering the Dolphins in the Super Bowl, and so. Um, you know, Bob, you can get your present your fantasy football trophy <laughs> then. You know, and 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 Eric and I could talk about old Chicago times. That'd be perfect. Uh, so,
2: there you go. Uh, I'll <laughs> say you look a lot more comfortable now in the uh, warm climate of Miami <laughs> than back up in Chicago. And, and hopefully, brother, you guys will
1: be playing next year against the Rams. Maybe who knows? That, I think that's a hometown possibility. team.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: Rams made a Rams made a good move. I like that move. So I do uh, too. That that would be cool,
0: <laughs> and I'm not even going to mention my Steelers guys. So we'll just, you <laughs> know, Derek will give me. I mean,
1: about that. <laughs> look, look, I love Roethlisberger, man, but dude, at some point you got to move on.
0: Yeah, it's uh, forty million dollars against the cap, so it's either renegotiated <laughs> or resits this year, so or calls you quits. So it, uh, we'll see wow. what happens, but uh, yeah. Uh, Jim Barry, main sports anchor at CBS4 in Miami, joining us. Each week, we will visit a different NFL team and talk with local experts, reporters about that team and the draft and its future for the upcoming NFL season. A new team each week, so be sure to join us again next week. And there you have it, Kramer & Brill, a fantasy football podcast, and now a videocast as well. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Lipsim, Radio.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. And now you can also see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel, or by finding the links for all of this at kramerandbrill.com. That is the easiest way. For Jim Berry, uh, Eric Kramer, and myself, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.